You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Good morning. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Jacques Daniel here with... My name is Bridget Grappentine. And I'm Sister Sarah Cowell. This is the a good portion of the pastoral ministry team for the Diocese of Rapid City here in the in the sound booth downtown chancery offices um, if you didn't get a chance to fill your coffee hopefully you do it now because we have an amazing uh, guest with us Father Gerard Braun who's from the uh, Diocese of Fargo who just had a, a interesting uh, interesting journey so Father Gerard welcome Good morning. Good morning. Yes, thank you. Good to be with you. So uh, we were just um, talking. Uh, we're we're in the. I was going to say the better Dakota, but I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> with the with RPR. Well, I, was, I was born in South Dakota, so it's okay. Oh. <laughs> Where at in South Dakota? In Fort Pierre, Pierre, South Dakota, back in 1957. Oh. My dad worked in the Oahe's Dam project there. So anyway. Yeah. yeah okay. So we're very good. Well, we. Uh, I don't know what the weather's like in North Dakota, but it's a little. It was a little chilly this morning. A little chilly. Yeah, things have turned on us. Uh, we're in a blessed <laughs> fall, but it's time. What do you do? Yeah. It is time. <laughs> it's almost... <laughs> yeah. Well, Father, yeah. please introduce no, I... yourself. Tell us more about yourself. Yeah, I'm a Father Gerard Brown. I'm a pastor here at St. Anthony's Parish in Fargo. I've been here two years. Ordained some 38 years now for the Diocese of Fargo, um, serving in several parishes, and now here in the, the sea city of Fargo, um, enjoying it in a good community. Um, and uh, within this community, uh, there was a, 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 a tour of pilgrimage um, this past uh, year that Father Phil Ackerman uh, was organizing through Crown um, Tours in Israel, in the so I participated in that tour with him and another priest, Brother Augie Gothman. And the three of us were with some 81, 82 pilgrims uh, who went over to um, tour the Holy Land this early October 2nd. Or, and, um, yeah, so um, I, I guess that's part of the understanding is just to get a sense of what that tour was about. Uh, I think, Bridget, you mentioned you were there last May. Um, yes, I just curious what a, your experience was. Uh, I I went with the Augustine Institute, and we were there for the initial pilgrimage was ten days, and then I got to stay on for another week for studies with them. Um, but okay. we, yeah, we flew into Tel Aviv and then began in Jerusalem, went north into Galilee, and then circled back to conclude in in Tel Aviv. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, can you tell yeah. us a little bit about your journey? Yeah, typically, I think most pilgrimages, as yours did, so did ours, it started in the northern part. We landed in Tel Aviv and made our way to a hotel in Nazareth where we stayed for the duration of three three days, I think Tuesday night through Friday night. And from there, touring various points along the Sea of Galilee, Nazareth, the um, Annunciation uh, Church, um, Cana, Wedding Feast Church, um, we saw... Mount Carmel and uh, Caesarea Philippi on the north, way up where the um, question was posed to the uh, apostles by Jesus, who do people say that I am, mm -hmm. in the midst of this um, this area where there was a pantheistic god to Pan and other gods. 
So <laughs> he falls conscious, of course, and in the midst of that, Jesus is saying, okay, who do people say that I am? That was a beautiful experience. And Anyway, we also saw Caesarea Maritime. That's called Maritime because it's on the Mediterranean coast, and that was a nice um, uh, experience of where St. Paul was kept in the <clears throat> dungeon for two years before he was um, transferred to Rome for his trial. So <clears throat> at any rate, um, we had a wonderful time touring, a little boat ride on the Sea of Galilee, Capernaum. Took off on Saturday morning to go and visit then the, the southern points of Israel, um, uh, beginning with the River Jordan where Jesus was baptized, and that's where we first encountered uh, closure to that um, site. We couldn't go. Uh, we weren't exactly told why in the bus, but from there, our leaders, uh, we had two buses with 80 pilgrims, began to travel instead to Jericho, and uh, where we were also going to be visiting a monastery there. Um, but that, too, was closed, and that's when they were on the phones and realized, okay, there was another skirmish, uh, incursion, so to speak, of missiles. Uh, we had not yet learned the extent of that incursion, but as we traveled to Bethlehem, where we were going to be staying for the next mm-hmm. four days of our, or five days of our pilgrimage, here, um, that's where we learned that it was more than just rockets, but rather it was uh, an invasion of uh, a number of the Hamas Palestinians. So, um, yeah, <clears throat> from there, I don't know, I can just keep going, but from there the experience was um, we were curtailed in the rest of our uh, um, visiting various holy sites because of this outbreak of violence. We did see the Church of the Nativity, and um, then on Sunday morning, um, we went and celebrated Mass with the local community of the Arab Christians, Catholic Christians there at the uh, church right next to the Church of the Nativity. A beautiful celebration of Mass. And um, so then on Monday, by blessings, uh, uh, Providence, the checkpoint into Jerusalem opened up for us, so we were able to cut, go into Jerusalem, the old city, do the Via della Rosa, the walk of uh, the, the Stations of the Cross, and then visited the Holy Sepulcher. Had lunch, but then we quickly rode buses because it was becoming apparent that the, the, border, the borders, the checkpoints would probably close again. And so we did get through again back to Bethlehem, where then now it's Monday night, um, and we're becoming more anxious about with all the news that the airport, Tel Aviv, although it had opened up again briefly, uh, or so to speak, nonetheless, airlines weren't flying in for various reasons. And our own airline through Air Canada was canceling. We found that Tuesday morning. But by that time, we were realizing we do We needed to follow other plans, namely the suggestion of both our tour guide hosts, as well as uh, another gentleman in the United States here who worked with... Um, extraction before Benghazi had been cautioned us or um, advised us to try to pursue a route through um, Jordan. So, and that's what we did on Tuesday morning. We took off for the uh, the border of Jordan. Um, so, Father, is yeah. this your is this is this your first trip to the Holy Land, or is this have you been there before? I've been there in year 2010. I was on a sabbatical at the North American Institute um, uh, in Rome. Um, and so at that time, we took a 12-day a, a um, pilgrimage with priests. So it was really enjoyable being back. It's like mm-hmm. uh, you have a better sense of letting it sink in a little deeper. It's like when you read a good book a, a second time or 
watch a good movie, you get more nuances out of it. So that mm-hmm. that was a blessing to be able to uh, to do that. Yeah. And I've never I've never been out of the country, so you guys are <laughs> you guys are, t- are touring around around the holy places and. Uh, and and you're not really aware of sort of the ongoing situation mm-hmm. and and things you're starting to show up to places and places are closed. At what point do you realize? You kind of mentioned there, but like, what was the? You know, you're you're you know you had a tour guide, but you know you're a father, you're your father, and you have mm-hmm. a bunch of pilgrimages. Um, just what was that like to to sort of get a sense of the situation, to see that this is uh, this. Uh, place that's supposed to be the city of peace like this beautiful peaceful uh-huh. land is is not so peaceful like what was what was happening inside yeah well um, initially our tour guides were very um comforting to us they assured us that we are safe especially in the land of the west bank palestine where again most likely that rockets were not going to be sent into that palestinian territory nor could they have reached there except the the more high-powered rockets. Most of the rockets that the Hamas were using were short-range. Nonetheless, we were assured of our safety, so that wasn't so pressing on Saturday or Sunday. Um, what became more uh, concerning as people began to hear more news and that this was a deeper incursion, etc., was just their concern for how we're going to get home. Um, maybe two or three folks needed medications that they all only had a supply for another week, and they weren't easy to get. Some of them were cancer medications. Um, so, therefore, you know, the general tenor of the group was becoming more uh, concerned, and um, uh, I don't think anyone, for the most part, felt threatened physically or, or that we were in danger. Um, I was telling folks I hear more sirens in, in southern um, south here where in the city of Fargo than I do uh, <laughs> than I ever heard it going off in, in Bethlehem. So, uh, yeah. When when they were conscious of um, that it was not going to be easy to get back, and that was more into Monday, Monday night, especially when the borders, the checkpoints closed again in Jerusalem, then people began to talk, I believe. I, I, at least we were in a small conference with um, us, uh, Father Ackerman and myself, um, Father Augie, and uh, a couple other parishioners, uh, a deacon from Moorhead, St. Francis Parish. Um, and at any rate, we were in a conversation with, um, regarding this gentleman who had helped extract people from Benghazi uh, several years back when there was getting American citizens home. And when we began to speak about that, our first plan of approach was to maybe wait what the State Department advised, which their advice was to hold out for Tel Aviv, we could be able to get home, hopefully. By Tuesday morning, as I mentioned, that all changed. So, And so you crossed the border, um, you said, into Jordan, correct? Correct, yep. And, and were you able to fly um, out immediately from Jordan, or did you have to wait there for multiple days? We, um, we were able to uh, uh, fly out in different groups. The first group took off literally Wednesday morning, and I was part of that group. Um, all three of the priests were, and I know there was some from reflections or perceptions that um, there was, uh, you know, we, we took off and left folks behind. <laughs> so and I'm sorry that that unfolded the way it did, 
but we were assured we had no control over the purchasing of those tickets because we had to purchase new tickets to get home. The old tickets to the former airline were now canceled, mm. and um, therefore they were not purchased by us. They were purchased by our touring group with another agent. And um, even in our group of 27 or 8 that initially took off on Wednesday morning, one of them was a husband. He had to leave his wife behind, and he couldn't change mm. the ticket. <laughs> so um, he was saying, well, she might enjoy a little break anyway. So, <laughs> But um, at any rate, he, 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 uh, so we were just, I think, one of the things we were conscious of, at least for myself, our tour guides were so good to the priests over there. They really um, took, took us under their wing, so to speak. And then, so I think it was just part of their action to do this. We had no control over it. And um, to be coming home in that first wave... Uh, other folks, as I understand it, maybe within three days, then the final grouping came home. And um, so they stayed in the Mont Jordan to perhaps get a little bit of a, a sense of the city, um, whatever they were doing in the meantime. So, Father Gerard, this is an amazing story. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to hear more from you. Join us after the break. Okay. Great. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Let us run to Mary and ask her little children cast ourselves into our arms with a perfect confidence. St. Francis de Sales. Join together with families across the local area for the Rosary, nightly here on Real Presence Radio. On Wednesday through Monday nights, tune in at 8 p.m. Central, and on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Central. Gather the whole family together and pray this powerful prayer with us. Join us for the Rosary, Wednesday through Monday at 8 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central here on the RPR Network. God's blessings to all of you today as you are listening to Real Presence Radio. This is Father Wilhelm, and I'm a priest of the Diocese of Fargo. What a wonderful gift and a grace that we have and our Holy Church is that we have a Holy Mother, Jesus' Mother, who loves us so very much, and she prays for us. Isn't it wonderful to have a mother on our side, a mother who prays for us, a mother who loves us as Christ is our brother? Then that means that Mary is truly our mother, our spiritual mother. And so as you pray that beautiful gift of the Hail Mary, let each of these prayers be as roses that is presented before her holy feet, and she brings our prayers and lays them before her Son, Jesus, and all of us. Always listen to our mother. Listen to what our mother is asking you. Come to the Savior. Come to my Son. Come to Jesus Christ. Your future, the future of your family, and the causes important to you are too precious to be left to chance. While no one can control the future completely, a little bit of certainty and predictability is good and healthy. Fortunately, Real Presence Radio has some practical methods to share with you to assist in establishing your will and estate plan. Please visit our plan-giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. It's a matter of just getting started. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. We are here, Real Presence Live, 
From downtown Rapid City, I'm Jacques Daniel. I'm here with Bridget Grappentine. And Sister Sarah Cowell. And uh, we've been chatting with uh, Father Gerald from Fargo, who had an... Uh, Gerard, sorry. <laughs> Father Gerard from Fargo. Okay. Um, who had a, just had a, a, an amazing trip to the Holy Land, cut short by some... Uh, some violence and uh, you know the conflict that we've been watching play out um, tell us more yeah i uh, this is bridget i have i've just been considering as your pilgrimage changed was there anything that spontaneously came up or was just edifying that you yeah received in the alteration of your um anticipated initial trip yeah, when we first learned we couldn't go to the, the, the River Jordan, I uh, was yeah kind of a disappointment because I really wanted to see that again. And then, as the other events started to unfold, we couldn't go to Jericho and initial disappointment. But then, learning from our tour guides that well, this type of closure of borders um, and checkpoints between Palestine, West Bank, and Israel. Uh, is typical whenever there's been rockets sent over in the past. And apparently there's several times when the Hamas have done this over the last 10 years. Or, and the usual reaction of the Israeli government is to shut down all checkpoints. And I imagine it was to help make sure that there's no other incursions of radicals in different places who are taking advantage of the rocket bombing to also do their bit of violence. I'm not sure. Nonetheless, our tour guide said it's Typical. That's why initially we weren't too worried, but as things unfolded, uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, becoming apparent that this was a, a, a wall-out war because uh, Netanyahu declared war at, at a certain point on Saturday afternoon, I think. At any rate, um, our guides then reformulated their plans to assure us that we'll do what we could and we will just stay in Bethlehem. We are safe, and which we did. And... Um, we um, we got a, a sense then of, of the day-to-day the -day life of these people who live, yes, in this land of peace. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, came to bring us this kingdom of peace. But that's not yet on earth yeah, <laughs> completely. Okay. Uh, hopefully it goes in our hearts first. But in that land, it's anything but peace um, due to the fact of the Arab states. And, and, and I couldn't begin to give you the history of this in the short term. I, I would... I would commend to you, if I may do that over the radio, I listened to a wonderful YouTube presentation two years ago, I heard it on Sunday night, by Ben Shapiro, uh, a young Jewish spokesperson, and who gave a very wonderful detailed history of the land of Palestine, going back to the Old Testament times, of course, where it was the land of the Old Testament people, God's chosen people, to up to the present time. And it, it by no means was... Um, one-sided, it really may give a, a, a true presentation of the conflict of this land and, and what's going on. And so I say that, and, and just uh, undergirding my whole presentation here, is that that it's not an easy solution right now. And um, I think there's a challenge for these other nations around there, including many of the, the radical elements, whether it's Hamas or Hezbollah in, La in Lebanon, they need to recognize Israel's right to exist as a state. That's not happening amongst the more radical groups. At any rate, without getting into the politics of it, um, that land certainly knows uh, the struggle and tensions of, of war. And, but for our pilgrimage, 
it, it, it helped us on one level to be in the Holy Land and yet to realize, okay, that um, this too is part of pilgrimage. We, you, it's, it's like nothing is guaranteed, just as in our everyday walk with Christ. We never know when disruptions may happen of any sort, whether it's illness, accident, job loss, relationship issues, things turn on a dime sometimes. And they come to know this is part of their life there, and yet they had faith, they walked with courage, continued to persevere, did what they had to do. So they, they know that that's part of the journey for them. Um, yeah, it was a good learning experience for us to be there. At least I felt so for me. Um, mm -hmm. I remember when I was there descending down um, to the Mount, uh, to the Garden of Gethsemane as you're coming down, and then the the church there where Christ wept over the city of Jerusalem, and just being struck by his own sadness and anguish over this this city and the the just you know all of this violence and unrest that would had occurred in its history and would come upon the city in the future. And I think that's, yeah, obviously a reality that we still being see being played out now. Mm -hmm. Very much so, yeah. Yeah, that was a beautiful part of my first tour, the Garden of Gethsemane, and, and walking down slowly from the Mount of Olives. Um, you're right, that, that uh, the chapel where Jesus wept, very, very sad. Um, and of course, we all know now the war is ongoing, and um, and the, the great loss of life. I don't. Again, I don't know the solution. Um, and we can delve into politics, but where would that get us? <laughs> and from one point of view, from our faith, it's like, it, it, yeah, just pray for the God, Holy mm -hmm. Spirit, our Lord, to bring peace to those folks, mm -hmm. to find a way to resolve this. But. Um, yeah, I've been struck, yeah. Father. I don't know um, if you, you know, if you're being in the midst of that, and you know, getting back to safety. If uh, if that's changed the the prayer of the people who were there in a particular way, I um, I, I I'm not uh, super political either, and so I I don't know anything about this. So don't uh, don't take this as a, a recommendation. But mm -hmm. I was I've been watching things have been Piers Morgan interviews have been coming up in my in my feed and i've been watching he's been interviewing pro-palestinian leaders pro-israel leaders and the, really just the the sense that i got heading into this weekend we had a retreat for our uh, diocese this weekend um was just this uh anger uh hate you know uh, just the way that the enemy sows seeds of discontent uh, hatred uh, in in the hearts of people and 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 again, I know that you know. There's Israel has its right to defend itself, and there's so many dynamics at play that I don't even that I don't even quite understand. And yet, somehow, in the midst of all of this, uh, the Lord is at work, right? The Lord is is desiring to bring peace. He's desiring to bring uh, healing and um, and and His mm -hmm. love to people, you know. And it's hard it's hard to see. Yeah. Like it's overwhelming when you look at the news. It's overwhelming to see it, but to have a faith and a confidence that mm -hmm. he's at work doing that. Yep, and that's why we need ultimately to be asking him to enter within it because only it is only the Lord and his love that can enter into the discord and bring communion and and peace. And I think that's mm -hmm. why we see, you know, Cardinal Pierre Battista, the patriarch of Jerusalem and Pope Francis calling for and asking the world to unite in days of prayer and fasting. And we saw yesterday that Cardinal Pierre Battista reconsecrated the Holy Land to Our Lady. What a powerful 
a powerful, mm. powerful spiritual um, warfare. You know, we talk about we're talking about war. We're, so much war and so much violence, but ultimately, the, the great war, right, is, is a spiritual one. That's what St. Paul tells us, right? The, our battle is not with flesh and yeah. blood. And, and so, you know, I think as Christians, sometimes we feel helpless sitting here, you know, thousands of miles away, but we're not. And that's, that's so important for every Christian in the whole world to realize that we're not helpless. Um, and we can mm-hmm. certainly be doing something. And we can be, in a sense, fighting the real war, right, against the principalities and the powers of darkness, by conquering mm-hmm. them with the yeah. weapons that the Lord gives us, right? Which is prayer, penance, fasting, the prayer of the rosary in a particular way, which is why I was so moved to see, you know, Cardinal Pierre Batista yesterday reconsecrating mm-hmm. the Holy Land to Our Lady because she is the crusher of the head of the serpent, right? And she she has such a a power to crush the head of evil, you know, in union with her son, Jesus Christ. And so I think, you know, for all those who are listening, yeah. we just really, we really um, encourage and that's been the encouragement of the Holy Father, Cardinal Pierre Batista, and the whole church is really to unite uh, with with the real weapons, right? The prayers of the faithful and the power of fasting, yeah. which we see over and over again, really can, and we in the power of the rosary in a particular way, right? We see so many moments of history yeah. and hopeless situations where the the faithful united in the prayer of the rosary is able to t- defeat the enemy. So we can never yeah. forget that oh, as well. Yeah. We um, celebrated uh, the uh, feast day, Our Lady of the Rosary, over there, um, mm-hmm. and uh, the, of course the Battle of Lepanto, and mm-hmm. their, the prayer of the Rosary to help turn exactly. the tide, the tide of that battle. So that's what we need exactly. to, like you're right, continue. And to what do an that act here. of providence too that that everything really began on that day. You know, and I think the Lord's also you know pointing us in that direction too. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Father, thank much. you so much for your time and sharing your story with us, and uh, God bless you're you. Welcome. Thank you. For those of us listening, we'll uh, join you right after the break. We are going to be moving on with our guests, uh, beautiful Jillian Kubik from Dickinson, talking about springs in the desert. We're going to keep on moving. Uh, God bless you. Catch you after the break.